0: And welcome back to Kindled Podcast. This is part two of my conversation with Cheryl Van Wagenen. Um, In this section of the conversation, we talk about what happened after she realized she could no longer follow the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So I'm going to play in a second, uh, a few seconds from the first episode to kind of remind you of where we're at, and you can hear the rest. As I prefaced last week in the intro of uh, part one of the conversation, we also get into more of the doctrines and teachings of the church, as well as um, a discussion of the influencer culture that kind of started this whole conversation on Instagram in the first place, and how so many people are unaware of the beliefs and the theological convictions of those that they follow online. And so, again, the heart here is that you be informed and aware, that you know uh, who you're following, what they believe that you you're able to filter what they say through the lens of truth. Um, certainly has nothing to do with making you unfollow people with recipes or good style or anything like that. That's really not the idea. Um, Cheryl and I don't care who you follow, uh, but the the heart is that you would be aware and informed and just um, equipped with the truth and and then be able to be more discerning when you are scrolling, um, when people say things that maybe sound, you know, for instance, pro-life like um, Ballerina Farm did when she won Mrs. America, but actually it was a just a sentence steeped in Mormon theology. It's really what it was. It was her sharing her theology. Um, And I'll be honest, when I first heard the clip, I didn't recognize that. I didn't pick it up. And so I think this is just a super helpful and informative conversation for us to be having. Before I play part two of the conversation, just a quick reminder that if you uh, leave a five-star rating and a review for Kindled on Apple Podcasts app or a five-star rating on Spotify, you can send in a screenshot of your review or of the little uh, notice that says, thank you for submitting your review um, to me. You can either send it via Instagram. Uh, my handle is at Haley, H-A-L-E-Y Kindled. Or you can email it to me, and that is Haley at Kindled And then you will be entered to win, um, to possibly win a $100 gift card to Crossway and some merch from my shop at Kindled Podcast.com. So uh, you can enter up to two times, both on Apple Podcast and on Spotify. Uh, those of you with Android phones, I think for the most part, listen on apps other than Apple Podcasts. And so in your case, you're going to only be able to leave the five star rating. On Spotify, but if you have an iPhone, then Apple Podcast allows you to leave a text review, and you can get that one in as well. Okay, so I think that's all we have. So here's my conversation, part two of the conversation with Cheryl. It
1: was just like I can't do this anymore. I I know that I don't believe in it, and I didn't know what to do. Though mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I could talk to anybody about it or. I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. So I, I went reached out to books and to uh, different podcasts of, of listening to church history podcasts. And there's a guy that does one called Mormon stories. And he, mm-hmm. him and I do not have the same belief system right. uh, for most things, but he interviews people and he, that, that are, that have come out of the church. Most of them are atheists. Uh, he, he interviews people that talk about history. So I started watching those because I, I knew that I needed to hear other people's stories that were like mine. Mm -hmm. I read a book called Passport to Heaven by Michael Wilder. And that one was the first one that really helped me through with the feelings I was having, because he talked about feeling really close to God when he was young. And then as he got older and they were LDS because they had converted, that he lost that feeling and he was always chasing it. And I realized that is what I've been doing. For 20 years, I have been chasing that feeling, that closeness to God that I had as a child. And he went on a mission, and on his mission, a Baptist preacher told him to read the New Testament with childlike eyes, and he did. And he ended up being converted, and ended up converting his family um, out yeah. of the LDS Church. And yeah. so I read that, and I was just so thrilled with with having somebody else that had the same kind of experience, well, different, but so much of it was the same. And then I read a book that's considered very anti-Mormon. Uh, called No Man Knows My History by Fawn Brody. She was one of the early prophets nieces. And so she had access to a lot of church stuff. And she wrote the book and was excommunicated for it. Mm -hmm. But she delves into all of Joseph Smith's history. And so that's where I learned more about his polygamy and all these other things about him that I didn't know. And that was when the shelf completely broke, where I was like, I don't believe this anymore, but I'm still grasping on to it with just the tight little as strings. Mm-hmm. But when I found out that his family and himself practiced folk magic, when I found out that he had married a 14 year old, mm-hmm. I, I just I was like, Nope, I am done. I can't. And so uh, from that day on, it's been over. And I was out mentally, I wasn't out physically until January of this year was when our records were finally taken off me and my daughters. And, uh, but that's, that was the conversion. Um, it was, through a lot of scripture study and then through other people's experiences and then finding out more about the church history that now when they say when i say anti mormon that's because anything that talks negatively about the, the lds church will be considered anti mormon and mm-hmm. that's been something that i've tried to talk to people about but it's hard i say you know just if it's truth it's not anti mormon and right. just because it's negative but even one of the one of the apostles that died a few years ago he once said I'm paraphrasing because i can't remember exactly the wording but it was something about that some people put too much importance on truth and that if it's not truth can sometimes just not not be helpful or faith building Hmm. and so and so if you if you tell the truth if it sounds negative they'll either not believe you or they'll just say you're being anti-mormon
0: uh yeah uh checks out i have (laughs) definitely received my fair share of that the last the last week um last night i shared a screenshot but a uh, large crafting account, which that's, I mean, we've got to get into this, but, um, you know, I've talked about some about influencers, but a large, the, the crafting community is really big. So like quilting, um, just felt crafts, all kinds of different things, uh, really big. And probably par- partially what you talked about, like learning the home skills, learning all that to, for the goal of being a homemaker. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she was like, um, super cute how you're slandering Mormons, um and have limited comments on your post which my post or she said you have comments turned off um which i don't it's limited to followers because of people like her who just want to come in like slam and say something nasty and then like disappear um but but yeah like i was like wait slandering what's slanderous about saying hey this is what they believe this person professes these beliefs be aware of that like how is that slander like slander is saying something that is untrue meant to destroy exactly. reputation. It's nice. like, you're, you're, I'm actually, I'm sharing the things that you believe and affirm. I would think you would want people to hear the message of what you think your gospel is, right? Like, Hey, you've got somebody like sharing all the yeah. things about the church, but that just kind of reveals that no, they actually don't. They don't want people. I think there's a certain level of embarrassment about, you know, a, that yes. they, don't, they don't know a lot of the things that the church teaches that it, as you did, you didn't even have the full grasp of all of the doctrines, even though you had been devout, even though you wanted to follow it, you had been raised in it. There was still a very large portion of the teachings that you just didn't know. And um, by no fault of your own, really, because that's how it's set up. It's set up to keep you somewhat on this kind of like outer circle So that you are, you have a sanitized version of it, you know, a very sanitized view of of all the teachings in such a way that they they won't cause you to ask any hard questions. They won't lead you down any rabbit trails that could lead you to conflicts or inconsistencies with the church's teachings. Um, And so that's just what I continue to see from people who have left the church um, and are still in it is just this, like, they don't, similar to Roman Catholics. A, they don't know what the church actually teaches. And so when you tell them, hey, this yeah. is what your church, you know, what do you believe? And this is what your church teaches. There is a a, a large gap uh, between those two things often, which makes it very right. difficult to evangelize because you you do have to first find out what do you think the Mormon church teaches? Let's go see if that's actually what they teach. And then let's evaluate, you know, what they teach against God's word of in the Bible and and find where those two things don't line up.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of that and even you're not supposed to talk bad about the leaders either. And so if you're evangelizing to somebody and you it requires you to talk bad about somebody or even just bring up the truth that's that's not pleasant, then mm-hmm. it comes across as criticism and and the Second in command, the guy that's going to be the next prophet right now, there's video of him a few years ago saying you shouldn't criticize the leaders, even if you're right. Mm-hmm. So there is a huge emphasis put on if anything makes me feel bad, then I don't want to listen to it. And I, and it's not good for me. And so, and it makes you feel bad. When you start learning the things about church history and the things about Joseph Smith, it makes you feel really bad. And mm-hmm. so a lot of times we are trained to we once we start feeling bad, you run away from that. You don't delve, delve deeper into it. And yeah. it's it's funny because a lot of people will tell me, that are in the church will say you know don't don't tell me what I believe I know what I mm-hmm. believe you don't mm-hmm. know what, what I believe and I think actually the ex Mormons we actually know what the Mormon Church believes more than the ones that are in it right, and I know right. that that would be something to say that people aren't going to like but it's true because we study so hard. And right. we've read everything, <laughs>
0: right? You're trying, you're actually,
1: and then also, and also they make you feel bad because there's like, there's a saying that everybody says I said it. Unfortunately I've said it before, before I knew better. Um, And I've had it said to me and I know it's been probably said about me behind my back. People say you leave the church and you can't leave it alone because you keep talking about it. And mm. so that trains you to feel like you can't talk about mm-hmm. it because you know, everybody's going to say that about you.
0: Mm yeah and who wants to have the reputation of just being this bully right like that's how you're painted yeah um Mm -hmm. (laughs) excuse me that's how you know i've been painted like who cares i'm i'm nobody it doesn't matter you know if i'm painted that way but that's how i've certainly been you know even even in like the few days of of questioning of evaluating of actually pointing out and drawing out like hey actually when this person said that, you know, the moment that they've, they're most proud of when, you know, the ballerina farm lady said that she was bringing sacred souls mm-hmm. to earth. And that's the moment she's most proud as or, or accomplished as a woman. She wasn't really being pro-life. And I liked that post at first when I saw it. And a lot of my pro-life Christian friends liked it too, because they think that she's just saying like, being a mother is amazing and I value children and, you know, life, you know, she wasn't saying that she was actually, yeah. um, you know, she might affirm that as well but like what she was saying there was was her theology um about these these spirit babies that are up in heaven waiting to be embodied and given given bodies and then you know um brought into the mormon faith so yes i do see that a ton that it's like can't you just leave and i've gotten messages from people who have said you know I I believe they'll say this is what's so fascinating like a Mormon will say I think you're a Christian and I'm not questioning your salvation so why are you calling into question mine I'm like we're just another denomination mm-hmm. of of Christianity and and pulling that card kind of like that we're we're on the same side like what's what's the problem why are you so mean <laughs> you know why are you so hateful and it's like yeah. I wish we were on the same side. I truly do. I wish that the things that you believed would put you in the household of faith, but they don't. They actually contradict it. Um, but people just, they don't know the fullness of of what their church teaches and what, because they believe the things they've been told, what they are missing of the actual gospel. And that's the most, uh, right. it's the most heartbreaking part because it is like, you're so close and yet so far, you know, you're saying all the right words. Not all, a lot of them though, you're you're saying you have these terms, you have Jesus Christ, you have God, you have the spirit, you have salvation, you have eternal life, you have heaven, you have all of this, like Satan, you know, but they all have different definitions. They all mean different things. And they do not, when you put them together in the Mormon theology and worldview, they do not amount to someone who has a saving faith in Jesus Christ. And that is, you know, I think why so many of us have such a burden for um, LDS people, uh, is because they think they have it right. And I know everybody thinks they have it right, but they actually really think they're Christians. You know, Muslims don't think they're Christians. They just think they have the right path. Right. So it's like, we're starting on two totally different planets almost. Whereas with LDS, it's like, they, they, they don't understand why Christians won't kind of accept them as just another denomination.
1: Yeah. I've had that conversation a few times. I've, I skirt around it a lot with, my closest family members, because it's mm-hmm. it's not a receptive place for it. But even when, like 10 years ago, I was a blogger for a while when it first started. And I still have a blog that I keep just for myself, uh, so that I can print it out. But I, I was asked to be a part of a, a thing for a, a month where we were, we had a subject every day, we were supposed to Uh, blog about. This was not from the church. As far as I know, it was just a woman that had a big uh, following in Mm -hmm. church circles on online. And one of them was about being a Christian. And so I even wrote a blog post that was like, you know, we're Christians and had all the reasons. And what you said earlier about the same words, different dictionary, like that has been a huge thing. I just talked to my husband about this a few days ago where I, where I went through the list of things you just said of of heaven, of God, of Jesus, of everything. And I said, you know, we have all those things, but everything is different. There is nothing that is exactly the same. The Bible is not exactly the same because we have Joseph Smith's translation on it and Mm -hmm. we have the added canon to it. Uh, God is not the same because he was once a man and has a body of flesh and has a wife. We have Jesus, but he's not the same because he is a literal uh, son of God in the same way we are he's our sibling and satan is as well and mm-hmm. so all of these are different the heaven has all the different levels and the things you have to do for each one mm-hmm. and so i i know that the, the there are people that are the closest people to me in my family they love jesus so much and they try to spend every day of their life in what they think is serving him and so it's hard because I I can't say oh well you don't believe in Jesus but I also know it's it's almost like you want to you want to just lay it out of okay but who is he in your eyes right. and which Jesus? I do believe that yeah it, it's it's just it's if if you think he's your brother and he's Satan's brother and he hasn't been forever then it's not exactly the same Jesus and it's so that not is at a all really the hard. Jesus. Yeah. And so it's really hard to come to that uh, of how to how to get that across without being Mm -hmm. offensive, because I know how I felt. I know how I felt when people said I wasn't Christian and that I was so offended by it. And it and it was because I didn't realize that it was different because in LDS language, Christian means I I read the Bible and there's Jesus in there and I believe in him and I believe he died for my sins and all of these things. And so if I believe in Him. And I want to follow him and want to be like him. That makes me a Christian. And so what I've learned is but that, that with Christianity, it's Christianity is the gospel. It yeah. is, it's, it's Jesus Christ, the way he really was and all of the mm-hmm. things that go along with that. And so it really does have a different meaning. And I've told a few people that, that I've had them say, Oh, that makes more sense to me. I'm not going to be offended when people say that anymore, but most people that I know would get offended. And so it's, it's yeah. a hard topic to bro to, to sure. reach with them. But.
0: I want to tell you about a new sponsor that I'm so excited about. And that is We Heart Nutrition. We Heart Nutrition is a pro-life company that offers the highest quality vitamins available for women. They are patriotic, family-owned, run by a husband and wife duo, Jacob and Kristen. They have four young kids, and they saw a big hole in the vitamin industry for a company with wholesome ingredients, but also wholesome values. Now, supplements are not required by the FDA to be third-party tested, but we Heart Nutrition does that anyway because they want you to know what is in the vitamins that you're taking. Their supplements use the highest quality research-backed ingredients always in the most bioavailable form, which means that your body can actually absorb them unlike many other brands. They're unapologetically pro-life and donate 10% of sales off the top directly to Christian pregnancy care centers. Most of the major multivitamins are owned by corporations that donate directly to Planned Parenthood. Ones that I have used, I did not even realize this. Ollie and Smarty Pants owned by Unilever. One a Day owned by Bayer. Centrum and Emergency owned by Pfizer. So if you want to put your money towards a company that supports your values and will deliver top tier quality supplements and vitamins, visit weheartnutrition.com and use code kindled for 20% off your first order. That is weheartnutrition.com, code kindled for 20% off your first order. Yeah, and I don't know, I'm not an expert at this, but it makes me think about um, Jackie Hill Perry. You know, she was formerly a lesbian and was saved. And she talks about in her book, Gay Girl, Good God, um, that she didn't need to be saved from homosexuality. She needed to be saved from unbelief. And so it's Mm. like this contrast of like, what do you think someone needs to be saved from? Um, Is it they need to be saved from... um, their workspace religion. I mean, in one sense, yes, like that's not, that isn't what saves them, but ultimately it is a lack of belief in the true gospel and the true Jesus of the true gospel and the true God of the gospel. Like it is, it is belief in him. Like we, we hear repent and believe is how you, um, are born again, right? You must repent of your sins and you must believe that Jesus is who he says he is. Those are the only two things you must do. It is not go clean yourself up. It is not work really hard for Jesus. It is not do acts of service. It is not shine your light in the world. Those are all things that come after. Those are from a transformed heart. Those are things that come because you love him, because he's changed you and made you new and given you new life. And you can't wait to share that with others, but it is not what saves you. And so it is, it is really hard. I know when there's so many things that you're like, you think this is wrong and this is wrong and that's wrong. And and there's so many things you could focus on. But at the end of the day, the issue is unbelief in, in who Jesus really is and, and who he says he is. Uh, It is, it is a false Jesus. It is a false gospel that has been presented. Um, And, you know, I was, actually showed, you might've seen the reel that I posted with the light the world video yesterday from the Christmas campaign mm-hmm. that the LDS church did last Christmas. And, um, you know, I, I had like a moment where I wasn't sure whether I was going to show my girls. Cause I was like, it's so close to the truth and they're only seven and eight and a half. So I was like, I don't know, okay. is it going to confuse them? But I was like, yeah, you know, I can I can explain to them and and I want to see if they can spot the lie and the error here. So I showed it to them and I was like, okay, guys, I'm gonna preface this by saying there is there is something in this video, there's several things that are not true. I want you to watch it and see if you can tell what they are. And I wasn't sure if they would get it or not. Um, but I was gonna talk to them. And so as they're watching it, when they say, you know, Jesus was the light of the world and he changed everything. And then there's you. You were born with the same light in your eyes. My seven year old immediately turns to me and goes, Wait, mom, is that true? Like she had an instant reaction to that line because she has never heard that. Because, <laughs> like, we haven't taught them mm-hmm. that you were born with the light of Jesus in your eyes. We've taught them that you were actually born into sin. We were yeah. all born into sin. We were all born as enemies, you know. Romans 3 23 all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All are not born with this divine sparkle in their eye, right? Now, yes, we believe we're made in the image of God, which gives us dignity and value. But that's different than saying, like, you were born with the light of Christ in your eyes, so go out and shine. You know, no, actually, we're born as enemies of God. And without a perfect sacrifice on our account, which we can't provide because of our sin, we will die as enemies of God. And so it was just really cool to see, like, even a seven-year-old get a little like, wait, what is that? <laughs> that's not right. And and then they started picking up on all of it and they were like, yeah, that's not what the Bible teaches. So it was really fun and cool to see that. But but also I recognize like it is those things that are, man, they're so close to the truth. Like there's a lot in that video that yeah. you're like, yep, that's true, that's true, that's true. But it's just twisted enough to where it's, it's actually false, you know, and it's just the same, like we're talking about the same Jesus. Yeah. There's a lot that, that might overlap. But it's just off enough that it's not at all him which means you are not a christian you Mm -hmm. are not saved if that is what you believe um so yeah it's it's heavy for sure well even the
1: lds church itself earlier they they took pride in being separate from greater christianity and now there is a big push to try to be part of and to be accepted and so mm-hmm. i think we're seeing that in the way it's being talked about and the things they're doing but it, it used to be more peculiar people and we are separate and mm-hmm. so i'm not sure i'm not sure where it's going to go from here but i think we'll see that's, more i think that's why people that. are getting more offended now than they used to
0: yeah well don't I'm you sorry? feel like uh, don't you feel like that's kind of i mean my perception is that it's it's the same thing happening in progressive Christianity that. Uh, yeah you know you you catch more people when you steal the name than you do when Mm -hmm. you actually just create a new team like yeah hey you know if you got this team the chargers I coach a volleyball team called the chargers it's like you if another team wants to start up and call themselves the chargers and then go and tell everybody hey we're the chargers yeah it's it's us like join you're gonna get a lot more people than if you start up a team called the stallions and everyone's like but I want to be with the Chargers, you know. Like it, it's just the same idea that they are—they're taking the name and they're going to catch more people, trap more people into that cult and that those false be- beliefs when they align themselves with the true gospel, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, and it's—it's it's interesting too
1: just to see the. You said earlier that nobody really knows what they believe. I do think that I think if you put a, now obviously this can happen with Christians. It can happen with any religion, but it is very prevalent that you could put a bunch of LDS people in their same room and they wouldn't believe the same things. But mm. uh just this past year, in the past few months, I saw a talk with one of the top 12 apostles where he said, what is the most amazing thing that's ever happened in the history of the world? And I thought, oh, for sure it's going to be Jesus. And he said it was Joseph Smith's first vision. Mm -hmm. And then I saw that in general conference, the very first talk last April, the one of the other apostles actually contradicted that and said, the most amazing thing that's ever happened was uh, the birth of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. And I was like, okay, good. He's, he's got contradicting what the other guy said that is horrible, but they're both apostles. And the one that said the Joseph Smith's first vision was talking to missionaries that are going to be going out and teaching people. But then I delve deeper into that talk and it it was like, yes, the best thing that ever happened was Jesus, but he was talking about Easter and how him and his wife wanted to have more of a religious celebration around Easter, like they did around Christmas. And so they were trying to choose, okay, we use Luke two for Christmas. What do we use for Easter? And he said the greatest Easter story is in the Book of Mormon when the resurrected Jesus Christ comes to the the people in Third Nephi, and so that was what they chose to have be their Easter scriptures. And he went on in that talk to say that that you you don't see the Jesus, you you won't learn about Jesus and his life and his ministry to the extent anywhere in any book that's ever been written that you do in the book of mormon. Mm-hmm. And that was when I kind of paused too and was like, wait a second. And so I actually commented and I try not to very often on like church news whatever because I know everybody I know follows it and and I'm just, I just don't want I don't want to be like the people coming in and trolling with you. And mm-hmm. so I try not to do it very often, but I went on and I just said this is a red flag. Like, how can you think that the Easter story in the Book of Mormon is the greatest Easter story ever told when we have the Bible? And I had a man message me back and tell me I had a little Jesus and your Jesus is so little. And mm. I I had to stop for a second and be like, why is he telling me my Jesus is little? Like the Jesus I believe in is, has been forever. He's God. He's been since the beginning and he's mm. not he doesn't have the same parameters that I, that he had before when I was LDS. Yeah. And so it's, it's interesting to just see how that happens and how, how a lot of people do look at him.
0: Right. That's different. And, and I think that gets into the fact that, you know, Mormonism is um, a Gnostic gospel, meaning it mm-hmm. is based on the idea that there is a secret hidden wisdom okay. that we need to have revealed to us. Um, uh, it, outside of the scriptures right so the bible isn't enough we need another revelation we need an additional revelation yeah. um the new Apostol- apostolic reformation nar is similar in that like we need a new uh, a new outpouring of the spirit of god in today's generation we need to have apostles they have apostles in the new apostolic reformation as well and that's within traditional christianity i mean it's not we share some beliefs, but um, that's kind of an offshoot now, a movement. Um, but this idea that there is, and the Enneagram, another area where you know Christians get tripped up with that, that if I only knew a little more, it would empower me. If I only knew some something else, I would have a leg up. It would be so helpful. And so this idea yeah. that we've got the Book of Mormon, we've got the book Pearl of Great Price, we've got all these additional scriptures... That's so amazing. It's viewed as a positive because it's just expounding on the Bible and it's more. So more is more, right? More is a good thing. Like, why would we not want more scriptures that talk to us about Jesus? And, you know, I would imagine that's kind of the the thinking there, but in saying that that mm-hmm. Easter story in the Book of Mormon is is the greatest Easter story ever told because it's, it's expounding on who Christ was. It's not taking away from the biblical Jesus. It's more about him. Um, mm-hmm. And... Yet, gosh, isn't that just the lie of Genesis three? Did God really say, you know, there's, yeah. there's actually, he doesn't want you to have the full story, Adam and Eve. He doesn't want you to be like him knowing the difference between good and evil. It's that Gnostic lie. There is secret and hidden wisdom for you, um, that God doesn't want. He wants you to, he wants to keep you in the dark. That's what God wants. And so, you know, believe me, listen to me, let me tell you, let me fill you in and that, that's Gnosticism. And, and you see that same lie echoed in really all false religions, but uh Mormonism is no exception.
1: Yeah. And that's the what's one of the things I noticed the most when I really started studying the Bible was how often it did contradict my LDS theology. And that was one of them. And just so many times when it would talk about Jesus, and then I'd be like, well, wait, that doesn't match the Jesus I've had in my head. And going back to Genesis, one of the huge realizations I had that was kind of a breakthrough, I think, in my thinking was, we believe that we'll be gods. And that was the first sin. And wanting to, like, based yeah. on what I was being told about the Garden of Eden is, oh, they're, t- they're told they're they're going to know all good from evil. And, you know, I don't know, it was just, it, it felt to me like, how is it that whatever Satan was tempting them with are the things that we believe in. And so it was a, that was a pretty big moment for me. And then also just like, even when you're in the temple, the video that you watch, uh, I don't know. I don't think it's the same because I know that they changed it recently, but Satan was in it. Like they have an actor Mm -hmm. playing him Mm -hmm. and he would break the fourth wall constantly. And, and, you know, be talking to us about like, well, if you don't live up to everything you've done this day in this temple, you're going to be in my power. And I hear people all the time say, oh, the mm. temple, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And I remember leaving and thinking it felt like there was more Satan there than Jesus because I see mm. him so much. And so when, when I had that breakthrough, I thought back to that moment of how I had felt that first time of, of having the video mm. and feeling that way of, gosh, am I letting am I letting him and the sins and the lies that he told Eve, am I letting those affect my beliefs too?
0: Right. I want to share with you another new sponsor, and that is Stronghold Art Outfitters. They equip Christians with biblically sound and aesthetically pleasing gear, such as t-shirts, mugs, stickers, bags, and more, giving you the courage to audaciously speak the truth in love and also celebrate the many good things we cherish, like freedom, coffee, and excellent literature. Enjoy the wide variety of -of one-of-a-kind designs from Stronghold Art Outfitters that encourage hope, truth, and love. Their designs are super cute. Trust me, go check them out on Instagram at Stronghold Art. Their Save the Babies t-shirt, profits from that go to the Piedmont Women's Center in Greenville, South Carolina. And this is the shop that you may remember started on Etsy, but some listings were removed because of the woke policies there. And so they had their XX equals real, real woman, t-shirt removed and so um, now you can buy everything through their website at strongholdartoutfitters.com and you can use code kindled 15 for 15% off your order. So check their stuff out. It's super cute. Um, I love how they've incorporated Aslan and some of my favorite quotes from that series into mugs and shirts. And I'm about to be getting a package from them. So I will show you some photos on Instagram when I get that. But go check them out at Stronghold Art. And don't forget to use kindled 15 for 15% off your purchase. Yeah, I, I think that that makes total sense. And it seems that it's, yeah, I mean, gosh, I've heard so many testimonies about people who are burdened with the the standard of perfection that is required of them that they know they can't meet they they know they can't you know just the the devastation you know and we haven't even talked about the high rate of antidepressant use and um and mental health crisis happening um in that community, especially in Salt Lake City and uh man, I I know that 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 could be a whole nother episode but uh it's evident that, people are being crushed under the weight of that demand. And it makes sense because we're not perfect and we are not able to be perfect. And it just highlights the distinct difference between the message of Mormonism and the message of the gospel, which is that your best works are filthy rags and you are, you are dead in your sins. And yet Christ, the perfect Holy spotless lamb Died for you while you were still an enemy. And you can have peace with God through him, not through anything you do. Um, And now, like, works are going to flow out of a transformed heart and mind, absolutely, but it is not what saves you. And it's just that there's so much freedom and peace and joy that comes in that. It's almost too good to be true. You know, it's like, it literally (laughs) is too good to be true. You're like, that can't be right. That seems too easy. And it's like, exactly. It is. It is. His yoke is easy. His his burden is light. And that's just this, the upside down way of the kingdom is that it is the best news. It's better news than you could ever hope for. And it's, it's hard for us. I think as humans who are, you know, definitely oriented to, you know, with, we all have a conscience that God gave us of, you know, right and wrong. Like we are, we are made in such a way that like, we want to kind of do the right thing, you know, and, and obviously people can sear their conscience by doing the wrong thing many times. And they, they want to do the wrong thing, but like, we never can. Like there's this, there's this knowledge even when a two year old sins against their mom and disobeys that like, I'm doing the wrong thing. I know that mm-hmm. you want me to do something else and I'm going to go and do something else, you know? So, um, it's just fascinating. Yeah. So as we, um, close, uh, if you have a few more minutes, you know, we can go if, if you don't, uh, I know yeah, this, I is do. gone, this has gone long. Um, I'll probably, <laughs> I'll definitely break this into a couple episodes, but I, I would love to get your take on the influencer deal, the whole, um, you know, just that, that conversation and, you know, it doesn't have to, we don't have to go another hour, maybe, you know, 15, 20 minutes or something, but just talking about that, if you're open.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you had said on Instagram stories about wondering if they were paid by the church. And I have heard so many rumors about that, but I don't know if it's true or not. Right. I, I don't know if there's any way to know unless you know somebody personally that you can right. ask. I know I, I do know um, through my sister, I do know one of one of them uh, that is best friends with the Jordan paid just the oh, yeah. fun, cheaper, free queen. I mm-hmm. I know her, one of her best friends is one of my sister's best friends. And so I mm-hmm. know her. I've met her a few times. And my sister has said, you know, they do, some people act in that group. They act differently when you're around them than they do on film and stuff. But I, I've, I've, in my last, the ward we lived in in Provo, uh, there was a couple of influencers in that ward too. And the stories you hear are very interesting because a lot of them are, some of them are who they appear to be a lot of them are people who have nannies and have uh housekeepers and all the different things but then they they don't necessarily some of them are honest about that some of them aren't but then they'll gather their kids and say okay we're gonna film us making cookies and doing all these things and they'll film it for a few seconds and then they leave and the nanny comes and gets the kids and finishes with them Hmm. and so there is a lot of fakeness going on behind the scenes uh to create those perfect images i do know that and then i also know like th- like with the light of the world that there is a lot of emphasis on um on put, putting out an, an image and in fact i have a thing i was going to re- read um the this is a this is an actual quote that was from a talk from an elder bednar who is one of the apostles the top ones he said that social media channels are global um tools that can personally and positively impact large numbers of individuals and families. And I believe the time has come for us as disciples of Christ to use these inspired tools appropriately and more effectively to accomplish the Lord's work. Be courageous and bold, but not overbearing in sustaining and defending our beliefs and avoid contention. As disciples, our purpose should be be to use social media channels as a means of projecting the light and truth of Jesus. And that was from a talk called To Sweep the Earth with as with a flood and so there is a lot of emphasis put on using your social media as a way to project a light and happiness and goodness and my personal experience with this a little bit differently is with our homeschool we used to use the good and the beautiful and I when we first started using I would go to conventions with them and There, she wasn't talking to a just LDS audience. There were a lot of people from all sorts of belief systems there, but she would tell us to post pictures of our homeschool that showed the good side and only do that. And I remember at the time thinking, well, that's not going to be helpful to people who do want to homeschool and they see only the good side of it and don't realize how hard it can be and that your kids are sometimes not going to want to learn or sometimes throw tantrums. And. Sometimes have a bad attitude. And I feel like if you're just starting out and your kids are acting that way and all you've seen is the good, you're gonna be thinking, Well, I can't do this. And so it didn't make sense to me. But then as I thought about it, I I realized it's because she's LDS. And that's probably coming from this exact same worldview that a lot of these influencers have of we are only gonna show them the happy side because Mm -hmm. everybody, when they when they look at LDS people, they think they're happy. They're they're happy, they're they're you know, they have so many blessings, they're wealthy, they're good looking, they're all these different things. And so if you're projecting that, people are going to want to partake. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It's, it's tough because I think, you know, I'm not one of those people who thinks it's good for influencers to come on and like do a selfie of them crying into the phone yeah. or video themselves crying, you know, weeping and just trying, like that is using your emotions and your raw real life in a way that's not healthy and you know i i don't i don't i don't think that's the right answer either fake yeah, yeah. Uh, totally scripted and like gross i i hate that so it's like you don't want that but you also don't want yes like a fake plastic sanitized view of someone's life while realizing, we all know, social media is a highlight reel. We, we understand that, you know, and, and I'm not asking anyone to come on and tell your deepest, darkest trouble to social media. I hope that's what your church community is for. I hope that's why you're in a small group in, in, a, in a local church yeah. and you have friends that are believers who can sharpen you. But But yes, there's a huge difference between painting a perfect... We are always in DIY project mode. We are always building. We are always adding on. We are always wealthy and our makeup and hair is always perfect. And we are always just, everything is happy. And we always just finished a craft or I'm making a recipe. I'm all, that's always what is portrayed. And that makes for amazing content. I will say like, it yeah. is so entertaining. It is like having HGTV or the Food Network in your hand inside the home of, these beautiful people and and it's so it's so entertaining it's great content it's great it keeps people on the platform Instagram loves it it's good for eyes it's good for advertisers um but the the issue that I have is that so many Christians follow these people who talk about Jesus talk about you know good works moralism that are real modest a lot of Christians follow them because they they dress appropriately good style, good taste. You, know, you share your, their Amazon orders and they have no clue about their theology. Um, and these influencers, meanwhile, yeah. are being taught to share the light, right? Share, share all the positives, like let's spread love and light and joy. And so I'm not saying that it isn't coming from well-intentioned heart, you know? I'm sure it is. Um, yeah. But if we don't know what they believe and if we have no idea that this is actually their theology we're going to very quickly um let that influence us in a way that we shouldn't and let those those things they share mm-hmm. and and the things that they do in their lives um become our our standard and our measure of our are we adding up and is are we as wealthy as we should be or as happy as we should be or as pretty as we should be and maybe not and if you're watching those channels the answer is going to be no and so it's it's kind of twofold it's like A like do not why would you be burdened again by a yoke of slavery because these people actually are Mm -hmm. their theology is causing them to live in such a way that they are pursuing perfection they are trying to climb up the ladder to to God and so the of course of course their home is cleaner than yours their children are better behaved than yours they are prettier than you they have more money than you and all of the things and so um I just want people to know. I just want people to know, like, hey, it is empty. These are filthy rags. These are people who are going to spend eternity separated from Christ if they are not born again and acknowledge that all of this is nothing. And we see the same thing in Christian influencers. We can see some of the same thing, but there's not a hidden theology that is actually like if Christians do that, they're going against their theology, right? If yeah. Mormons doing it, they're going in line with it. It makes perfect sense, and they're not contradicting anything. So with Christians, it's like you're being, and I, yeah, being and I think hypocrite. like you said,
1: it's a natural reflection of the perfection that they feel they have to have. Yes, and so with some of them, I do think that they're putting on a fake front. But a lot of them, I think, are living out what they feel like they have to. Yeah, there was a there's a lot 100%. of that. I I never felt good enough ever, and mm. and that wasn't even just with how I looked. It was it was everything from that to just, I'm not doing, I'm not doing good enough. I'm not doing everything I should. Did I, did I do this thing? Right. Did I, am I, did I miss church today? Like I said, even my daughters, I saw it showing up in them. And, you know, that was one of the, the most heartbreaking things is finding out after the fact, when I told my daughters what I believed in of having my then 12 year old daughter, eyes fill with tears and tell me that she thought that she was going to live the eternity separated from our, the rest of our family because she doesn't know if she's called to marriage. She doesn't know if that's what she wants to do. And so she was like, well, you guys are all going to be in the celestial kingdom and I'm not, so I'm not good enough. My mm-hmm. oldest daughter feeling bad about herself if she didn't, you know, fast the right amount of time or something. It, it There is a constant level of perfecting oneself and a constant progression. If you're not progressing in every area of your life, then you're not doing it right. And Mm -hmm. so I think a lot of them, that is reflected in their channels and what they show to the world because that is who they are trying to be.
0: Yeah. I think about sanctification. Okay, so that's a progression, a growth into Christ-likeness, right? That Christians Mm -hmm. pursue. We work at our salvation with fear and trembling. We are, you know, um, like Paul says, you know, I discipline my body and make it my slave. Like we are, we are dying to self. We are killing the flesh. We are wanting to be made more like Christ. And that should look over the long haul, like a progressive growth into more and more godliness, more and being holy, being set apart, being different, yeah. having different desires, different your life, the fruit, all of that. But the difference is that that is a guarantee that God makes to, to his own. It isn't something that is yes. on us. It doesn't start with us, right? Like it starts with God. It says, uh, "Let me find the verse." Uh, Romans. It's, it's eight. not the. Uh... Yeah, sorry. Uh, Romans eight thirty, and those whom He predestined, He also called; and those whom He called, He also justified; and those whom He justified, He also glorified. He predestined he called Mm -hmm. he justifies and he will glorify he does the work like he is the one he's the starter he's the unmoved mover he is the beginning and the end the alpha and the omega he's the one that that work starts with and he also is the one that work ends with and so it's like praise god that it's not on me to sanctify myself because i would be doomed like i cannot make myself better i cannot change my desires i cannot work out of my bad habits. I can't stop being the way I've always been. But God does that in my life and heart. He's the one that grows me. You know, I mean it's just, it's so different. It's it's incredibly different. And and it's not and and it's not that I'm thinking I'm gonna become perfect. You know, I and I'm not trying to become a God. Like I'm still a man, still human, still imperfect. I'm going I was born imperfect. I'm going to die imperfect, but then I'm going to be glorified. And then I'm going to reign with Christ, then I'm going to judge angels, you know, then I'm going to be a co-heir of the salvation that um was purchased for me and a co-heir with Christ. And so there's immense like beauty and and glory in that, but I'm never a God. I never become a God. You know, I'm I'm always still his creation. And um and then and then I'll be able to glorify him as I was meant to here which sin has corrupted. I'll be able to glorify him perfectly with no, you know, different desires and war within me, like Paul talks about. So, um, so yeah, it's totally different. Um, And this, uh, the pursuit of perfection, yes, comes from the religion comes from the faith. And like you said, I, I I would be willing to bet most of them are doing it in earnest and like truly, Mm -hmm. truly love what they do. They probably feel very blessed to be able to share their life and, and, you know, be skilled enough and, have a following that they are sharing hope and, and goodness with like that's I don't doubt that that's the heart that many of them are doing it from um mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't change the fact that uh ultimately at the end of the day it's it's meaningless and it's a chasing after the wind um because it is trying to work your way to God instead of recognizing yeah. that Christianity is the only religion where God actually came down to us and there is no yeah, mountain I- that you must climb
1: Exactly. And I think to sum that up of my feelings of in my own personal experience has been that I've gone from I'm saved after all I can do. Mm. So, sure, Jesus will make up the difference. I don't have to be perfect before I die to be, you know, to be able to be with him or whatever. But I I have to do all these things to get as far as I possibly can. And he will make up the difference at that point, too, because I know. That Christ died for me the way I am right right now. I want to improve because of that. Mm -hmm. I want to be like my belief in Christ makes me want to to follow Him to be as much like Him as I can possibly be Mm -hmm. to do the to do the right things and all of those. But that comes after that. Mm -hmm. It's not I'm doing that until He can can save me if that hopefully that came across right i it does but that it just felt like before it was all on me now it's all on him yeah but i still have a changed heart Mm -hmm. and so i don't just say oh well he saved me and i could do whatever i want i that isn't a true changed heart that he that he's changed i
0: guess Mm -hmm. and before
1: it was all on me and then and then on him
0: right I want to share with you a sponsor that I love and you have heard about before, if you listen to Kindled, and that is Alongside Them. Alongside Them provides catechisms for your children that actually engage your whole family as you learn either the Ten Commandments or the basics of the Christian faith together. So the basics catechism will ground your whole family in uh, truths of the faith as you learn about God, Jesus, repentance, faith, sin, and more. While the commandments catechism will reveal God's character to you and your kids so the commandments expose our sinfulness by showing us our inability to keep them and they point us to our savior Jesus Christ who obeyed God's law perfectly Both of those are must-haves, and I keep mine out on my back counter. Uh, You probably notice it in my Instagram stories when I share stuff from my kitchen. It is always out, and my kids flip through it, and I just love to have it in our home. If you already have both of those, then check out their Bible reading plan for kids. Those are very popular, and you'll get a very cute plan that your kid can follow along with keeping their Bible as they read through scripture, uh, either on their own or with you or as a family check out all of their products at ComealongsideThem.com. And the code is still kindled five for $5 off your purchase. Again, that's come alongside kindled five for $5 off. And what, what verse is that in um, the book of Mormon? That is, uh, you are saved after all you can do. I remember reading that.
1: Yes. I can't remember <laughs> which verse it is, but yes, that's in there. Uh, the, uh, we're saved after all we can do. Um, I I believe it's in second Nephi, but I could be wrong. Second Nephi 25,
0: 23 for we know that it is by grace that we are saved after all we can do. Yeah. Contrast that with second or with Ephesians two, eight through 10. So we've got, let me read it again for, we know this is second Nephi 25, 23. We know that it is by grace that we are saved after all we can do. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, for by grace, you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So it is, you are not saved from works. You are saved for works. You are saved to do good works, but not from them. Your good works are filthy rags. Your good works don't save you. If they could, Jesus wouldn't have had to die. (laughs) It would have been a worthless sacrifice. It would have been a workspace religion, and that would have been a waste of his blood. So, um, yes, by grace, you have been saved through faith. And so, man, it's just such such a clear, distinct difference, and it changes literally everything you believe. It changes how you live why you do the things you do. Um, it doesn't always look so different on the outside. Like I think many of these Mormon families look like good Christian families. They look mm-hmm. so loving. Mm-hmm. They look so fun. I mean, they're so, there's so many people who follow these big influencers. I don't even know all their names, but people have told me, no way, not her too. Like I love their family. Ah, oh, like they're so devastated yeah. when they find out someone that they love following is a Mormon because they're just like, dang, I thought that they were Christians. Like I really thought and it it looks like they are because they're so happy and joyful and they value family time and they're together a lot and they do all these great things and they take trips and like, they're like my aspiration for our family. How can they not be saved? And it's like the, the motivation is different. Like they're doing those things from a different place. And I'm not at all saying they don't love their kids or aren't great parents. Um, some of them are not like the Ruby lady that was just arrested recently, but, um, yeah, she lives in the town next to us. Oh, wow. Gosh, that story I Crazy. I have trouble even watching anything about that. That's it's very it's very dark. Um, but yes, so many of them are yeah. yes, like great families, moral, conservative. That's been interesting too. So like you shared um in the first episode how you're conservative but the church was pushing liberalism. How did all these conservative like Mormons react to that? Because I would think that that would have been a big eye-opener or a big point of contention for them. Because there's a lot of conservative. Yeah,
1: I think it has been for a lot of people. Yeah, I think I think that because they're not coming right out and saying it, they're just not saying against it. So. When when uh, I mean, I guess they came out with it with the vaccine and stuff, but with other things there, it's very subtle. And I've heard a lot of people talk about it as. They're just not sure what they're thinking. They're not sure why the church is going this way. What's going to happen? Is it going to get worse? But they hold on to, well, they're just men. And so they can be making wrong choices right now or, or they're seeing around corners and there's a reason that they're doing this stuff now or not doing something. Mm -hmm. And we just don't know what that is yet. I know that like with my mom, uh, she has a problem with a lot of the stuff. And so she she's come over and i've shown her things we've watched things together we've talked about stuff because it has been something that has really affected her watching the changes in the church and i i believe that it is going to change her um and that she will be where i am eventually Mm -hmm. but so i i do think that there is a lot of people that it's working in right now that are conservative and i truly believe that eventually they will allow uh, gay marriage in the temples I don't know how far in the future that is. And I could be wrong, but I think that eventually they'll get to that point. And at that point, I think a lot more people would, Mm -hmm. that are conservative would stop and say, well, wait a second, this doesn't make sense. But I think something like that has to happen before a lot of them will break off no matter how disturbed
0: Mm -hmm. or 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 they'll just
1: keep believing in some of it, but distance themselves from the church
0: become like another sect just like we've had in the united methodist church a, a split will happen there will be a conservative branch and a I mean there's already obviously denominations kind of within the lds church but um
1: oh yeah there's actually thousands of them mm-hmm. and most people don't realize that because people will say use that against christianity and say well look at how many different denominations there mm-hmm. are of christianity but there are so many of off of the LDS church too and less time because mm-hmm. of polygamy and uh, different yeah. things and so there there actually are so many there's a few that are really well known but then there are a lot of little splinter groups too
0: yeah you've got the FLDS so yeah that could happen
1: that could happen too
0: right the FLDS the fundamentalist yeah um which is the polygamists. um what are some yeah, of the others there's,
1: there's one called the united Brethren of something. I don't remember the full name. Mm -hmm. There's the Church of Christ that was when Joseph Smith came out here. Uh, His wife, Emma, that was his only legal wife. She went, she did not come and follow Brigham Young. And so she, the people that followed her started the Community of Christ that's still out in, um, are they in Kirtland? I don't know. There's out somewhere out there. And then there was, there's one called the Snuffer Group that's in Idaho right now. And that just started in the last few years. There's a lot of little teeny ones. There was a Under the Banner of Heaven. That was a
0: mm-hmm. a movie. I think it was on Netflix
1: or Hulu this past year. That, that was a family that pretty much would say that they were still mainstream, but they had decided one of the sons was a, the prophet. So there's a lot of little groups like that you don't even hear of. And then the bigger ones. There's ones in Canada. There are ones in Mexico. Because when they made the first manifesto against polygamy, they sent people to those two countries to continue it. And so eventually they broke off and are their own thing. So yeah, I don't know most of the names, but there's a lot of little ones. And then there's all those that are pretty substantial.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, there's so many things that we could talk about and and obviously have covered. And yet, I feel like we could talk for two more hours. So yeah, <laughs> um, you know, I, I want to get to um, maybe closing thoughts like, well, before I do that, let me ask you how have you seen God use your story for good? Like obviously your own salvation and your family, but you know, outside of that. Um I and you're still pretty early, you know, even in in your um walk with with God and in Christ, but uh yeah, what are what are some ways that you've seen that used for for his glory?
1: Well, most of it has been in my own family so far at this point. Uh I've I've seen it in the way my family is relating to each other. I've seen it in my children in the way that they see themselves and, and their future. Uh, it's, it's overhauled our, our entire education. We mm-hmm. use master books and answers in Genesis mostly now so that our curriculum has always had God in it, but now it's the gospel in it. It's, it's full of it. it it's always talking about the truth. It's always in the Bible. I, I, have been able to while like I said, this is still a work in progress, I have been able to to feel like I'm not always having to be uh, just like I said just feeling like I'm not good enough and knowing instead that I'm not good enough and that Jesus is there for me. so I think it has strengthened that bond between me and, and Jesus between me and God between my children and and God, it's at this point, it's still hard because I, I do see it in some relationships that it's drawn people closer. Um, I, I do have friends that are not LDS that I've had in my life that those relationships have grown stronger, but at this point it's still a lot of negative things happening too. you know, of just feeling like we're out of place where, you know, we're, we don't fit in, <laughs> in families and in, in neighborhoods, but, I think at this point, I I'm, I know there's going to be more as we go along that comes out from all of this, but I think that the the biggest thing is just feeling like we really know who we are and who God is, and the Bible has become just the the compass of our family and jesus has become the north star it's it's everything is now turned around different Mm -hmm. instead of waiting for the word from somebody else of what we believe instead of hoping that the prophet will say something that i believe in or will do the right thing and tell me how to act we know now that we don't have to go through someone else to get there that it's that we have that connection with Christ and with our God because he gave it to us and we don't have to do the works of, of man and we don't have to be approved of and deemed worthy by somebody that has been put in place in front of us as a bishop or a stake president or a prophet to be able to have that relationship with God. There's nobody policing our relationship with God. And I think that that's been a huge a huge eye opener and a huge help in our lives. Mm. I don't know if that fully answers your question, but that's oh, yeah. that's one. Of, that's totally. probably the biggest thing.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I love hearing that, and um, I think a lot of people will be sharpened by your answers there. Um, what What would you say to someone who is listening, who is LDS or um, questioning their faith? What would you want them to hear?
1: I, I think that I would want people to, to hear that it just because it's negative or because it doesn't feel right to you doesn't mean that you shouldn't learn it. <laughs> and that they they should keep an open mind about what people are trying trying to tell them. I'm not trying to ruin anyone's life by telling them things I've learned or things that are that have always been there and you know, now are just finally coming to light. and that if they if they really believe that what they believe in is true, then it should hold up to some investigation. And I would tell anyone who is LDS or Progressive Christian or anything else to read the Bible the way Michael Wilder was told by that Baptist preacher to read it with new eyes. Go into it without your preconceived notions of what it's telling you or what somebody else has said it it means and or what it means for you. But what it what it is, read it with those new eyes, read what God wanted you to know and what he has kept and preserved all this time. For everyone to know. And and then also for LDS people do read the website, go and read the church website, read the saints books and then You know, if if any of them want to reach out to me or anyone else that they know that's ex-LDS, then they can and and we can help them through it. But I I think that it is really important that they get to know their own religion and their own history, even the hard parts, and then really get to know the Bible and not put it second to the Book of Mormon, Mm -hmm. that it's true as long as it's translated correctly. But the Book of Mormon is true no matter what. I don't think that most LDS people understand what the different translations of the Bible actually mean. Mm-hmm. And that it's you know that it's not just that people are putting new ideas in it, like you said earlier.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that you said, like counterintuitively, if you are LDS, if you are questioning your faith, if you are if your shelf is getting heavy, as you described, you know, with with <laughs> yeah. questions that you've set up there that you haven't dealt with that the church can't or won't help you with, you feel that the answers haven't been sufficient. Don't stop learning. Don't back out of it. Don't draw away from questions and doubts. Learn more. Like, go learn more about LDS. Go learn more about the Book yeah. of Mormon. Go learn more about Joseph Smith. Like, if, like you said, if it's true, it will hold up to scrutiny. Anything that is true... Yeah, you don't have
1: to take my word for it.
0: Right, right. And I, I just think that's really smart and very wise that... Um, you know, lean into that, ask those questions, learn, uh, go on a hunt, go on scavenger hunt for all of the, all of the questions that, you know, that we have posed that we have, if if you believe there's an answer, go find it. And, um, and worst case scenario is you wasted 15 minutes to an hour of your life on, you know, a hunt where you got the answer that you wanted, but, uh, you know, maybe you'll find something that you didn't expect to find. Maybe you will actually encounter uh, things like Cheryl did that make you, you know, every new question or every answer found begs a new question. Right. Um, and what, what lastly, would you share with someone who's listening, who has LDS friends or family like you do, who is now walking that line, towing that, that line of, um, you know, wanting to share the truth with them, but knowing that you have to do so in a way that's, that's careful and considerate. And, um, you know, trying not to completely burn the bridge of that relationship. Okay.
1: So that, that is a hard thing because I, I, you know, I know I dealt with it as a believing LDS member, but then also now with having so many of my family that I love, uh, be LDS and not know exactly what I can and can't say. There is a huge, uh, feeling of persecution in the LDS church. And of course that started with Joseph Smith, that all you hear about him is how everybody persecuted him. Everybody, you know, he was given such a hard time about the first vision, which actually has proven probably to not have happened that, you know, the, the pioneers, when they came across, um, they went through so much hardship and there was a lot of horrible things that happened to the early Mormon uh, pioneers in in Missouri and in Illinois. There were a ton of hard things. They did bad things, too. There were a lot of horrible things that happened to them. And that persecution has gone all the way to the present day, where a lot of times when people are saying the hard things out loud about LDS Church, that persecution complex comes back. And you think, well, people wouldn't be saying this stuff if it weren't true. The reason people hate this church so much is because it's true. The This is Satan working. It's it's. Um, if it weren't, if it weren't true, nobody would care. And so almost the, the more, the more, the harder you come down, sometimes it will tend to make people close in a little bit more on how true they must think it is. And so I think that it, it you should always be bold. You should always tell it exactly how it is. You don't have to pretend that it's exactly the same thing but also to make sure you know that going in that they are going to take what you say as persecution they're going to take it as as i'm a victim of you persecuting me and attacking me Mm -hmm. and if you can go to a point point, uh, a point where you realize that they're feeling attacked and that they're going to get defensive that might help you to to go in more lovingly i guess um and, and let them know that you maybe start slowly and then you know i i have these things i want to talk about but i think you should always start with jesus i think you should always start with the bible um and not with the church history stuff because that has been something i'm probably guilty of is i want to be like hey did you know joseph smith did this did you know this happened right. do you know that the leaders right now just did this a few months ago and people get super defensive but if you Mm -hmm. start with jesus then it is something that we can all agree on that we all want to believe in jesus and we all want to believe you know in in all these different things if we start there and you can show them the difference in the saving by grace and exaltation Mm
0: -hmm.
1: if you can show them those differences then i think that they're going to be more receptive that was where it started for me was in the bible and so the church history stuff the social stuff that was all stuff that bothered me and it was stuff that played into it later but the Mm -hmm. bible has has to be i think the the ground that you're you're working from and Mm -hmm. also it's helpful not to not to jump right to calling it a cult i think because That can be something that turns people off right away. If you call yeah. say, hey, I want to help you out of this cult, they're going to turn off and they're not going to listen to anything you say. Right. And so I think coming at it as I know that you want to be a Christian. I know you want to love Jesus. I know you want to be with, with God forever. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about what you believe. And I think you said it earlier of tell me what you believe. That probably is even more helpful of tell me what you believe. Mm-hmm. And then am I free to tell you what I believe? Yeah. And then if you can have a conversation and sit and one-on-one go through scriptures together, I think that's going to be the easiest way to get to anybody's heart, but there will be people that no matter what you do that you never will, you never will be able yeah. to. But that's up to God. And right. so I think that that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing is just knowing the hot spots, the things that you probably shouldn't lead with um mm-hmm. and to always come to it of of with the with the Bible and with Jesus at the
0: forefront. Yeah, totally. Great advice. Um, I've gone the route of, you know, sharing like, hey, by the way, what you're in is deception. And let me tell you, it doesn't work. <laughs> um, not, yeah. with, not even with Mormons, just with like new age um, people who are, are caught up in the occult and the new age and um, bought someone Doreen Virtue's book Deceived mm-hmm. No More and uh, sent that to them via Amazon. Didn't go so well. So um, <laughs> I learned my lesson about <laughs> Evangelism, You know, maybe don't send someone a book that that literally n- labels what they believe deception, but rather, like you said, have conversations about what they believe, what you believe, um, be respectful. Remember that yeah. we are not the one that saves people. We cannot yeah. open spiritual eyes that has to come from God. And so, uh, you know, just letting him letting that happen in his timing, if it's if it's going to. But being being obedient to the opportunities that he gives you. Yeah.
1: And I think that's where I erred is I'm like, I want to save everybody. I want everyone around me to know now what I know. And it's just, that's not how it works. So I do, you do have to get to that point of, I'm not, I can be, a. I can be a tool in God's hand, but I, I, I'm not the one that can ever save.
0: Yep. Amen. Man, well, Cheryl, thank you so much for your time today and sharing with us. Um, I know it's going to bless so many people. So I appreciate your boldness and willingness to come on. All right. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope and pray that that conversation was helpful for you, and um, I also hope that you will take what you learned from Cheryl from her, our conversation and apply that in the real world in your conversations with friends in the LDS community, family. That you know it would be something that we we are we are not just becoming more puffed up with knowledge we are not just growing in an understanding of someone else's worldview but we are using that wisdom to more effectively have conversations with them to poke holes in their roof so to speak to kind of pull the roof off of their worldview of their presuppositions of all of the things they believe and show them how any other worldview but one that is rooted in the bible and the bible alone is going to have inconsistencies and conflicts and i I hope that this has given you some some tools and knowledge to do that better. Come find me on Instagram at haley.kindled and we can connect there. But until next time, have a great week.